Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, back-to-back beauties by Helly and the Jets have the club feeling good, plus a look ahead to the matchup in Carolina. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's start this week off in style. And the vibes, they are a good here in Winnipeg right now. Especially if you're a Winnipeg-based Flyer fan like two of us here. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Couldn't have been a better weekend for the Jets and the Flyers for completely different reasons, but we'll get to both of those in just a sec here. Obviously, break down a very, very successful, desperately needed trip out to Florida. Ten and four points in the bag. And maybe, just maybe, we don't want to say it just yet, but maybe the playoffs officially, you know, for all intents and purposes, bucked. And we can start looking ahead to about a month's time when the postseason gets underway. Joining me once again on the podcast, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki stopping by. Tyson, how was the weekend? Did oh, the you weekend catch- was- oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Jump ahead, get right into it. <laughs> the weekend was awesome. I mean, it was just perfect all around. You got the big two Jets wins and then a little bit of Matt or Oscars talk. Yeah, I was going to say, a little pop culture. Did you, did you catch the Oscars? I did. I watched a lot of it. I used a couple of your picks, too. Didn't, didn't end up working. No, no, they didn't. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's my bad. I, it's okay. If it makes you feel better, I, lo- I, I lost a couple of bucks, too. Um, there's there's nothing kind of more degenerate than, yeah, than just standing at the TV going, Come on, Kate Blanchett. Come on. You got this. And then they announced the name, and it's just, no. (laughs) It was a transformative performance. (laughs) Yeah, hey, I mean, you know, I I, I was on you forever. Everything, everywhere. I was, you know, Michelle Yeoh was outstanding, certainly deserving there. I was happy to see her win. It was like, it was a very feel-good night. Like, you have, you know, a bunch of veterans that haven't won before stepping up to the plate and winning. I think Michelle Yeoh was certainly earned. 
I got nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm just shocked that she was the one that won the most stat category. And she was great. I just thought the other four were immensely better than her. But either way, that's okay. I think that was uh, kind of... It's like the Academy was rectifying not having an Encino man win the first time. <laughs> that so must have been. Thinking, you know, we got we to gotta correct our mistakes here. And so, that's I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder what the futures would be on a Pauly Shore best actor or not. <laughs> Do you think you might be able to get some some good odds on that one? Yeah, that would be that would be pretty interesting there. The Oscars to me a lot of the times too is like Norris voting in the NHL. It's like, is it this person's time? Okay, they get the award now. You know, so as opposed to some of the other stuff that goes on. But um, yeah, pretty good all around. And, and again, great for the Canadians to step up. Brendan Fraser, our boy, the Renaissance is complete. Best actor, which. I was very, very happy with, uh, I, I mean, how could you not be happy when you see him walk to the stage there? But I, I thought I thought he was better than Austin Butler. I thought he deserved it. So he he did great, and then a few other Canucks did well as well. Um, I'm already looking ahead to next year's Oscars. I might have put a little money on Leo as best actor just out of the gate to see if I could. I, I didn't get the winnings I wanted, so I'm already trying to book my ticket for next year. Um, but that's enough of pop culture. I don't know how much anybody really cares about that that listens to this, but... There you go. Um, mainly because against all odds, and I, I guess to quote a best picture nominee from the past, just when we thought we were out, the Jets pull us back in. They had nothing going for them, nothing going for them for about a couple of weeks, maybe a month and a half. And right when it looks like things were going to go down the drain, Superman himself steps up and says, uh-uh, hop on, boys. Let's go for a ride, and let's have a good time in FLA. Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets, four points in two nights. I mean, it's funny. Nobody nobody really expected them to do something like this, but in a way, that's exactly when we should expect the Winnipeg Jets to go out there and win both games in hostile environments against good hockey clubs because that's seemingly what they do. The games that they should win, they find a way to screw them up late. And in ones where they should have no business picking up points, it might not be the prettiest, but they go out there and they get it done in a big, big way. Maybe the the most massively needed two and then four points this team has had all season long. What stood out to you, Tice, in the trips out to Miami and Tampa Bay? This felt more like a team that's going to make the playoffs. Right, like I mean, it's easy to say because they win and because of what's happened the last couple last couple weeks. But I think the Jets did a, a pretty decent job this weekend. I'm not gonna give them full props and be like, "Oh, this was a dominant weekend for the Jets," because there were times where the the Lightning and Panthers did control play for stretches. But you can't really get too mad at getting the two uh, getting the four points after what's happened the past couple weeks. So. Getting those baby steps, kind of building on this momentum, I think it's going to be a really good thing for the Jets, and it's good to see Connor Hellebuck kind of shed that the bad, the quote unquote bad play he's had these past couple weeks, and it's a big one for him too. And now he's kind of got his confidence back; he's not as worried. The one thing that concerns me, though, and it's kind of trickled in over these past couple games, especially in the Florida game, is just the net front protection of Connor Hellebuck I think that really needs to be improved because there's still times like where Matthew Chuck's getting 
wide open rebounds. Like he's able to pop them in one of the most dangerous net front guys. And there's no one within three feet of them. So I think that's something that needs to be cleaned up quite a bit. But other than that, can't get mad at four points. Yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is they won't have to worry about Matthew Kachuk anymore this year because Florida's <laughs> not making the playoffs. And very doubtful, even if they squeak in, that these two clubs meet in the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, we'll we'll worry about that problem next year. You're right. That that was a little too easy for a guy that makes his uh makes his bread in front of the net there. But but to me, this this weekend was about one guy and one guy only. And I I said back when we did our last episode that it was pretty effing stupid to give the Bronx cheer to somebody like Connor Hellebuck. And you know what? I think Helly agreed with that <laughs> because you better have felt stupid mocking and jeering and taunting the guy that's carried this team for about half a decade now, knowing that once you, once you set a fire under him, he goes out there and he delivers. And I, I would go as far as to say he stole four points for the Jets this weekend. He, he was tremendous. He was by far the best player on the ice for, for Winnipeg. And I don't even know if it was all that close. There were some good performances that we'll get to over the course of the episode here. But I, I think Hellebuck has proven time and time again that, you know, maybe there's dips and valleys. And again, kind of relative to him as opposed to other dips and valleys from goaltenders league-wide. But he's, he's proven why he's on track to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he, he's, he's the... He's, if not the best, one of the three best goalies in the NHL right now. And he's been that way for a number of years. And and he was just absolutely tremendous. In, injuries piling up as well before the trip, during the trip. And he was the one that stood tall there and gave them a chance, right? Like in the in the Florida game, you kind of got the sense once it was 4-4, like, oh boy, this like, if we can find a way to just get it to OT and just pray something good happens there. You knew the Jets weren't going to score another one five on five at the very least in the third against Florida. And Helly just, you know, despite letting in two third period goals, stood tall, held the fort down. I mean, Matthew Kachuk himself even said it. He's like, the Jets had no answer for us. It's just their goalie, their goalie dominated us. And that he's right. That's that's really exactly what happened there. Hellebuck was, I would say, more so that game than the Tampa Bay game. Primary reason the Jets were able to even sniff a point, never mind two. And then in Tampa Bay, you know, he was still tremendous in that one as well. You know, the Jets, I think we knew the Jets were going to struggle to generate offense against the Lightning. You know, back-to-back, second end of it. No Dubois, Lowry, hobbled, mangled maybe even. And then no Josh Morrissey. Like, there was just not a lot of offense in the cards for the team in that one. And it showed up there on the shot chart. But but Hellebuck just did, did what he does best. And I just... I mean, there's a contract coming up in a couple of years and different things like that. And I know his play hasn't been spectacular this season by his standards. You know, with Linus Allmark kind of running away and hiding with the Vesna Trophy. But I just, I, I really hope people in this market don't take him for granted. Because this kind of performance that, that we see so often from him just should not, should not be taken for granted whatsoever. It's extremely rare. And if you got it, hold on to it for dear life because, you know, as we've seen in the past, you don't know what you got until it's gone. And, you know, having a guy like Connor Hellebuck to help steady the ship when this team so desperately needed it the most is really happy for him more so than anybody else to step up and deliver for this team in a big, big way. 
yeah, I almost feel like sometimes people forget about the Andre Pavlik era and everything that ha- happened there because the <laughs> longest time, right? It was just constant complaints about the goaltending, which were valid. He was one of the worst goalies in the NHL. But I just, it, Elliot Freeman mentioned it on his podcast today. And he mentioned that Connor Hallebeck is the most important goalie in the NHL. And I think that's spot on. I think he is by far the most important. He might not be the best from a complete full set skill set, but man, he is so important to this team's success. And we, and we saw it these past two games. I, when he goes, the Jets go. And the Jets seem to grab some momentum off some of those big performances from Hallebuck. So that's that's what he's going to need to do to close out the season. And it's a good, a good thing that Calgary struggled, that Nashville's kind of struggled too, because it seems like you have a little bit of a cushion now. It, it would take almost a full blown collapse at this point, right? <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think we need to worry too much. I hope, but yes, you know, it's Hellebuck is the, is the main piece of this engine here. And he really needs to be going to get the whole team going. If I knew anything about engines, I would try to make a uh, metaphor, but I'm I'm not even going to embarrass myself like that. I don't really know. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> we come from a car family too, which is hilarious. Like I don't know, you just put the key in. Yeah, he's the key. Hellebuck's the key. That that's how it works, right? But it's it it, it was funny to me too. Even you know, and look, he was awful in the Minnesota game. I mean, there's no, there's no sugarcoating that. But there was to me just so much sentiment sentiment around. Hellebuck struggles and you know he's just he's not playing good and you know the team can win when he's playing like this I'm like (laughs) are we just so spoiled rotten here that like this is quote-unquote struggles and when you look at his numbers in in totality here amongst starting goalies in the NHL this year guys that have played you know more than 25 games I should say you know starting goalies fifth and save percentage right now he's number one in the NHL and wins expected goals he's in the top five in that mark as well sorry he's third in wins behind um all mark tied with shesterkin for the most wins in the nhl um this is struggle <laughs> like the, what what, what I've, there's so many times the the conversation around hellebuck the discourse i'm like what are we what are we talking about here like this is just a guy at the peak of his position doing what he does best and just because mcdavid goes like a game or two without a point doesn't mean that he's going through some, you know, career crisis or something like that. There was just so much talk that Hellebuck is not playing at the level that he should be. And I'm like, ah, take a look around. It's 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 not it's not the NHL from 20 years ago. Like, there's not 10 guys with 930 save percentages, right? The fact that in this day and age, when it's as easy to score as it has been, you know, damn well close to the 80s, for him to be rocking a 919 in front of this defense is pretty damn impressive. And you just, I don't know. I, I just, I knew going into this weekend, I thought it was going to be tough for the team. It's a bigger back-to-back wins. I thought beat Florida, get to OT against Tampa, and, and you, you take that and run. But I, I knew that Helly was going to deliver and step up in a big way. I, like he just, you, you knew when the chips were down, he was going to be, you know, make sure that he's the one to basically just carry this team into the promised land, right? And he went out there and he delivered once again. So I, yeah, just just don't don't take it for granted what the, what we got in this guy. Um, and I think you know, and I didn't listen to the podcast, Tyson, but in thirty two thoughts, I think Elliot had mentioned briefly something along the lines of, you know, at, at, not this season, but the next one after his contract is done, 
Um, when it comes to the negotiating table, if you want Connor Hellebuck to stay in Winnipeg, guess what? He's about to become the highest paid goalie in NHL history. That's a conversation for a different day. But for me, the uh, the only decision I have to make when it comes to that is, do you want to sign that contract in blue ink or black ink? Which pen would you like to use, Mr. Hellebuck? <laughs> and, and just write down the number that you want here. We'll figure the rest out later. Um, I, I think that league-wide, the perception is correct. I think sometimes in the market, maybe we get a little too crazy because we're you know, invested into it day in, day out. But yeah, don't, don't be mistaken. We're watching a uh, legendary goalie take to the ice for the Winnipeg Jets. And hopefully he's taken to the ice for the Winnipeg Jets for um, not just a season and a half more, but about eight and a half seasons more. Uh, but again, that's a talk for a future day. Uh, there's a few other things we got to get to from the games out there in Florida before we look ahead to the matchup there in Carolina. Also, I do want to, Tyson, touch on some interesting, not news necessarily, but maybe a development that involves the Winnipeg Jets, uh, but not somebody that currently plays on the team. I'll explain that a little bit later. But before we do that, we do have to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook especially now that we're heading into the month of April, pretty much, pretty much. Everything's starting to pick up in a big, big way here. We had a big weekend in golf with the Players' Championship. We've got NHL NBA seasons winding down. Tyson's got MMA tips for everybody coming up here as well. Might be betting on wrestling in a month or so, and then, hey, you want to... Tangle with the NFL Draft? You can have some fun with that, too. DraftKings has got you covered in each of those sports and many more if you want to make a big payday, like putting a risk-free bet of up to 1K down for any new customer. That's right. You can make your first bet up to 1,000. If it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. That's how generous DraftKings is to get you a big payday. Um, some interesting matchups in the NHL on Monday night. Obviously, that's going to be a little too late for you guys to uh, dabble in, but uh, looking ahead to the schedule tomorrow night, wouldn't mind putting a couple of bucks on the Vegas Golden Knights to smush the Flyers at home in Philadelphia there. Um, But what will be interesting is we might also have a new record breaker. Chicago is taking on the Boston Bruins. I wonder. I this. Would you take Chicago if the spread was three and a half, Tyson? Uh yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah, love- those are the games. Like those are the kind of games that are fun to bet on, where you have yeah. no reason to watch it, but that that'll give you a reason there. I wonder what the uh, the spread is ultimately going to be on that one once they take to the ice. But um, keep an eye on that with uh, DraftKings and. I might take Chicago too on that. Sometimes those matchups are kind of weird. This is, it's a little interesting right now. The spread's only minus one and a half for Boston is only minus 160 right now. Well, that's just easy money. I'm not even going to buy into the fact that they know something we don't know. Take, take, take Boston and run to a big payday. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So a few other positive things obviously come out of a two-for-two trip to Florida over the weekend for the Jets. And maybe more so from the Tampa game than the Florida one. But what I love most about the Tampa Bay game, Tyson, especially after the costly win against the Panthers, is that the big dog stepped up to the plate and they dragged this club to two points. Obviously, we mentioned Connor Hellebuck leading the way there. But if you take a look at some of the fancy stats, for example, um, all of the players that broke even, whether it's you know shots for, chances for, all that, all the players that broke even, we're in the top six for the Jets. All the players that didn't, surprise, surprise, we're in the bottom six forwards for the Winnipeg Jets. The guys that broke even were some of the big contributors on the back end. And the ones further down the lineup didn't have such a good night. Um, but but that's that's what I've been kind of clamoring for for a long time here is the Jets need the Mark Shifley's to not just be good, but to be great. They, they need Cal Connor not just to be dangerous, but to be lethal. They need Nikolai Ehlers to take over games. And this might have been his best two-game stretch of the season. He, he was fantastic. And then you have the new guys coming in. I mean, Nino is Nino's just Nino at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think we just kind of expect him to be excellent every game moving forward. But let's give a standing ovation to Vladdy Nemesnikov, who... Was basically it was just like, hey man, just try to get just try to get us to the finish line here on the weekend. And he was freaking fantastic. Like he's been real. I, I thought he would be I thought he would be best case, a good third line addition, worst case, help beef up the fourth line. And what do you know? He stepped in and he's been a legitimate, no doubt about it, top six forward for the team. And he he's basically been a mini savior of sort with Dubois out against some of the best in the East. It, it, it was a tremendous weekend for, for the higher, the, you know, the upper echelon of the Jets lineup, but, but Nemestikov himself was just spectacular. Yeah. And we got to give props to Chevy too. I know we harp, we've been harping on him a decent amount these last couple of weeks, but, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but on the forward group, he, he hit a home run there. Like he, he really did. And, obviously it's just beating a dead horse at this point. You can argue about that maybe more moves should have been made probably on, on the back end, but looking at the now, he really did hit a home run with those two trades. And Nemesnikov has just been perfect. He's been the perfect complimentary player in that top six. He's almost kind of fit, slid in a bit like Andrew Kopp in a way. It's a little different style of play, but it's kind of like that same idea where a guy who you can plug into the top six, no problem. And, that's big considering with the per- Cole Perfetti injury, the purely Dubois injury, he was skating uh, on Monday morning with the team. And it's just, it's nice to see that these guys are really contributing and fitting in seamlessly. Like, and Nino too, like, man, he's just been, he's just been awesome. And the fact they got him for next year too, just a, a great, that, that was great, a great job of doing of looking into the market and finding a guy that you like and acting on it quickly. And that's what GM need to do. And that's what Chevy did in that case. And it was the perfect move at the perfect time in that scenario. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I loved what he did with the forward group 
at, at the deadline. Like I, I don't think I would change a thing. Yeah. And I even said that back, back when it happened, there was a lot of people saying we need, you know, another forward or two to come in here. And I, I, I didn't necessarily believe that. I just felt like it was the blue liner, the, the big piece you used to bring in was somebody there to, to sit on the second pair, but that's neither here nor there. I, I, I like what he did with the forward group. And I, I just didn't expect Nemesnikov to have this much of a, of an impact that he's had so far. And it's, it's it's too bad Perfetti's out for so long. I mean, hopefully he's good to go for game one of the playoffs. But with how good Nemesnikov's been, that's a that's a pretty damn good top nine the Jets have right now. I, I mean, I, I, we'll we'll have to talk about it once we get closer to that. You know, who slots in where and 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 this and that. But I think with the way Morgan Barron has played as of late, he cemented himself as as a top nine guy for the Jets. But to have Shifley, Ehlers, Niederreiter, Connor Dubois, Perfetti, Wheeler, Lowry, Nemesnikov, Bear—like they've—they've got some—they've got some pop in that forward group now. And then you'll have you know the last couple of spots basically fought over for by about five or six extremely motivated, hungry players. You know they're not going to be world beaters or anything like that, but sometimes that that can be enough. You know, you got a bunch of hungry dogs in there. Uh, maybe, maybe that might be good enough to give this team a solid seven minutes a night come playoff time. So, I, yeah, the forward group is is certainly shaping up very, very nicely here. I mean, I guess thankfully they're doing that. Hellebuck's doing his thing because the blue line not necessarily holding up their end of the bargain right now. I mean, we knew it was going to be tough. They've been so dependent on Morrissey all season long to generate offense from the back end. You, we, we kind of expected the third period against Florida and then the game against Tampa Bay to be a little bit ugly there. But I think to me, that's where some of the negatives happen, you know, during this stretch of hockey for the Jets. It's just that they they don't have that guy outside of Morrissey. There, there's, there's nothing they can do about that. Like, he's just not on this roster right now. Um, Neil Pionk did not have a good game against Tampa Bay. Again, I thought Logan Stanley was awful. Um I thought Sandberg actually played pretty good. I thought Sandberg and Demello were maybe the two the the two lone guys that uh, you know acquitted themselves quite nicely against the Lightning, um, and that that's kind of how this blue line has. It, it was really a microcosm of the whole season for them, right? You know, Demello dependable, but but nothing special. Sandberg solid, steady, and then just a lot of up and down with those other guys, and maybe a little more down than up. Um, and you kind of have to just hold the fort. And thankfully, it sounds like Morrissey is, you know, at, at worst going to miss the Carolina game. And you know what I mean? Like, at worst case, maybe miss another game or two. Thank God. Um, so I, I'll just say the one thing about this Morrissey injury is, and I'm not, I'm just speculating here. I don't think this is a new injury. I think he, I think this has been kind of tampering him for a little bit. There's been some times throughout this season, even the past couple of weeks where, uh, it takes a hard fall, takes a weird turn, and you can kind of see him just laboring out there. And even in that Florida game, like he tried, he really tried to keep going. And you could tell as soon as he as soon as he took that first shift, he was done. He couldn't. So I, I'm I'm heavily looking at that. I I think if you can get a win against Carolina, I I honestly think you can maybe give him an extra week. Just I he's so important to this team's success, and if he's not going at close to 100% come playoff time, this team's got no chance. So in my opinion, it's trying to preserve Josh Morrissey's season. I know you want him to play as many games as possible so that he can 
keep on building on this Norris-like season. But Eric Carlson's got it locked up. And I think he's a pretty much a shoe-in to get that top three spot. We'll see what the voters think. But I think it's so important that Josh Morrissey is at least close to 100% come playoff time. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And and I, you know, thankfully with these two wins, hopefully the Jets can, you know, reel off a few more points over the next little bit. He's, a, to me, a prime candidate of, hey, like, you know, here's the first week of April off, <laughs> right? Like, you know, there, there's no specific, but, like, maybe it's just an accumulation of things. And it's here's a week off, rest up, and then you get a game or two at the end of the year just to make sure you're a little bit, you know, fresh and avoid the rest before the playoffs get underway. That, that to me, makes a lot of sense. So that's where there's, you know, a little bit of urgency. Let's try to lock this up quickly here. And um, we can give some of the guys that need rest and, and and allow them to get that. I think Morrissey and Hellebuck specifically. They're the two irreplaceable players on this roster. You know, like Dubois has been great, but, you know, the Jets have treaded water without him right now, right? With Morrissey's out for an extended period of time, there's nobody that can replicate what he's done or what, you know, what, what he can do for this team. And the same goes with Connor Hellebuck here. So hopefully it's a speedy and um, risk-free recovery for, for Josh Morrissey. I mean, maybe you sit him out against Boston. I don't know. Do you want him to come back against the Bruins? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe we give him a few more days off here, but uh, it, it's tough too, because the Jets are in, you know, a, a semi-precarious position in the sense of, you don't want to rest guys right now. And then, oh, two, three losses in a row. You got Nashville coming up as well on on Saturday. Like, you know, you kind of got to get him back in the lineup, but you also don't want to jeopardize the end of the year and the playoffs and things like that. So, I mean, play play it safe, not too safe. And then maybe just step up a little bit, guys, for the next little bit, and uh, we can get the guys some rest come early April for sure. Um, interesting question too, by the way, Tyson. Now that the you know the road trip's coming to an end tomorrow night in Carolina. I'm I'm expecting a bit of a a bit, a bit of a tough one on the shot clock for the Jets at the very least in this one. Do you do you go with Helly here to close out the road trip, knowing that you got Boston, and then the big one, the big one is the Nashville game on Saturday. I, I guess how do you do how do you handle the goalie rotation over this week here, assuming that you have Hellebuck starting Saturday against Nashville? I think you go Riddick. On, like against, like, against Carolina? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's just you, you can't just play Hellebuck all these games against these high-level teams, and you're just asking for something to happen. And I think having those two back-to-back wins, and and they mentioned this on on the Elliot Freeman's podcast too that Rick Bonus went for the kill on this back-to-back. He's like, I'm, I, we need these wins. I'm tossing Hellebuck out for both games, and I think that signals that that big save Dave's going to have to make a couple big saves against Carolina if the Jets need a win. Forget, need to get okay. a win. Might, might have to be ginormous save Dave. <laughs> I think I think the boys might have to chip in and uh, make sure Dave gets a, a nice steak dinner because it's going to be a bit of a – like I think he's almost like the sacrificial lamb out there to the Hurricanes where it's like, yeah, you're going to see a lot of rubber today, Dave. So so that's the good news. The bad news is you're going to be pretty exhausted by the end of this. But, yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? I, I thought going in that it should be Hellebuck back-to-back. He is the rare – he's the exception to the rule. Hellebuck actually gets better on the second night of a back-to-back. Most goalies, you know, for obvious reasons, don't perform as well. 
Uh, he just, you know, the more action, the better here. Three and four is a little bit too much for me. I would agree. Helly gets the night off here. You're kind of playing with house money against Carolina anyways. And then you can go Hellebuck Thursday and a Saturday night at home against Boston and Nashville. But yeah, I, I, I feel I'm not overly hopeful, not overly optimistic about this one in Carolina. I feel kind of bad for, for Dave Riddick. But that's what the backup goalie does. That's why you get paid a million and a half dollars to get peppered in nights like this. And and hopefully he's able to you know help help steal one for the club. There, there was an interesting stat in that San Jose game when Dave, when uh, Big Save Dave had his last start, and I, I, I couldn't believe this stat actually. But the over, when Dave Riddich starts, is four and twelve this year. Ah, interesting. So that's a little something. Maybe DraftKings can uh can help you out there because that's a little that's an interesting stat right there. Okay, well, let's keep an eye on that then against Carolina. Let's, let's now that I said that, I probably just jinxed it, but <laughs> no. It'll, but it'll be like the over. It'll be like five and a half, and the Jets will lose five nothing. Like you'll you'll ruin it in the worst way possible. So you've set yourself up for failure there, which is nice. But yeah, I mean that that's kind of the nice thing about this game against Carolina. Like obviously need the win, need the points, all that. But it's from a fan perspective, it's like meh. <laughs> like you, you lose whatever two and one is an outstanding three game road trip out east if you find a way to win then i mean my god then the game against boston becomes free money so maybe we just go free money the rest of the way keep this you know keep this joyride going um but at the very least the jets have banked the points that they needed to and it is a less urgent game against carolina thank god than we might have hoped going into the weekend um, one thing that I do want to touch on before we wrap up the episode, Tyson, some more good news for the Jets. And I don't know how many people have been keeping an eye on this, but um, future's looking pretty bright here in Winnipeg, at least at least for one player. Do you want to take a guess, Tyson, as to who the sixth best player is in the WHL this season in points per game? Would it be Brad Lambert? It would be Lambo Brad Lambert. Lamborghini Mercy is having himself a hell of a time out there in Seattle right now. He's been freaking on fire up to 32 points in 21 games right now for the Seattle Thunderbirds. And yes, that is sixth in the dub in points per game this season. Interestingly enough, Chaz Lucius is number one. Unfortunately, that's because his season is over after six games. But just saying, Chaz Lucius ahead of Connor Bedard, Winnipeg Jets have a generational superstar on their hands. I, that's, I think, what we can all take away from that. Um, but even if you look at the guys in and around Lambert, they're all over ages outside of Andrew Cristal. Like, they're all guys that are 19 20 years old right like guys that are you know the 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 norm that dominate the whl for lambert to come in midway through the season and do what he's done right now bodes extremely well for him to fulfill some high-end potential at the nhl level i i haven't looked in and and sometimes it can be a little bit dicey when you do like comparables what other guys have done in the dub this and that but in your Year one, like the, the the year right after your draft year, to be at 1.35 points per game in the dub, which is a notoriously difficult league to get goals and points in, that is all-star level material right there. 
And so that's been outstanding to see after some tough times for him in the AHL. Looks like the Jets found the sweet spot for him that, you know what, the uh, the CHL was the place to be for him. And it's going to be exciting to see what Lambo Lambert can do in the final games and then postseason of the WHL before I think he officially becomes a pro player next year, at the very least, starting with the Manitoba Moose. Yeah, it's huge for this. And I think the big part about this is that it's the one year in the dub. I think him playing multiple years in the dub doesn't do him as good of a doesn't help him as much in his career because I think if you're doing that, I think that's where sometimes junior players can start to build bad habits in juniors where you're constantly dominating and you're con you can get away with stuff that you won't be able to get away with once you reach the pro level. But he he needed to get his confidence going. He had you he just had some struggles in the AHL this year and he had some struggles in his draft year playing against men in, in Finland. So like, letting him get this confidence and showing that he still does have this high, high-end skill, like all-star level skill is, is huge for his development. And I think that this will only help him going forward as long as this is the last year in junior for him. It's like it was a confidence revival, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it was, it was just, it was tough for him. And it's tough for most 18, 19-year-olds in the AHL. It's no big deal there, but it's, you know, go out there, play against your peers, dominate. And he went out there and he's dominated really since the first, I think the first game he scored a highlight real goal. And then he's just continued that. And it's going to be exciting too, because especially from a Winnipeg perspective, the two wagons in the dub right now are Seattle and the Winnipeg ice. And that would be just one hell of a battle for the WHL championship to have Lambert and Seattle come into Winnipeg to take on the ice. And then maybe even, a potential Memorial Cup run for either one of those two teams. That would be best-case scenario right there, Winnipeg-Seattle. And either way, Winnipeg fans can be happy however that goes. But always want to try to end the, the episodes off on a, a, a positive note as we can here. And, um, yeah, Brad Lambert performing like a potential future All-Star is a pretty damn good way uh, to cap off this one for the start of the week. Uh, but that is where we'll end the episode here. And we'll get back at it to close out the work week later on with a few more big games for the Winnipeg Jets. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, we'll be back at it on Friday morning, breaking down a pair of games for the Jets against maybe the two best teams in the NHL. So you want a litmus test? Yeah, you're, you're about to get one in a big way here with matchups against Carolina Tuesday Boston Thursday, and then we'll look ahead to a potentially massive playoff implication game against the Predators in Nashville. Until then, though, enjoy the West of your enjoy the West. Wow, wow! I I gotta do an Elmer Fudd to close. Oh God, that's so embarrassing. Enjoy the rest of your work week, everybody. (laughs) Once again, I'm your host Brandon Rowicki. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki stopping by here. We'll talk to you guys on Friday morning. Until then, have a great, safe week. Peace.